When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at table. And he said to them, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. It was a very special meal. Every meal eaten together with others is special in a way. But this was doubly so. First, it was a Passover, the yearly commemorative meal which every Israelite family ate together in celebration of the time that the Lord God had delivered their ancestors from slavery in Egypt. There's nothing like it in our experience except Christmas dinner and Anzac Day all rolled up into one in a vague kind of way. And second, this particular Passover was the last meal Jesus will eat with his disciples before he suffers. And it's his last Passover he will eat until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Although we do not have a precise picture of what a Passover meal was like in the first century, we're pretty sure it consisted of special prayers and food which celebrated that deliverance from Egypt as well as a number of cups of wine. Passover was both a commemoration and an enactment, both a way of remembering with thankfulness, but also a way of making it real for you, better taking you back all those years so that you also participate in the real Passover back then. I'm going to focus just on one part of our reading. As we've heard, Luke has much to say in his account of the night before Jesus died. I want to narrow it just down to the three times that Jesus takes a different item of the Passover meal and says something quite profound, quite profound about it. The items are not the roast lamb or the bitter herbs or other special food of that night, just two of the four cups of wine that were drunk between courses and the flatbread that would accompany the main course. It's important to remember that the Passover meal was punctuated by a number of thanksgivings for the food and drink as it proceeded. Just like we say grace, honey, this was through the meal as well. The first item was one of the early cups of wine that was drunk. Jesus takes it, gives thanks to God. Blessed are you, Lord God, ruler of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Unusually, he then tells them to share it among themselves. I say unusually, as presumably each has his own cup of wine. Why does Jesus do this? For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. This is the last drink together before the glorious day when God reigns over the universe as king. That's the first item. The second is this. At the beginning of the third part of the meal, when the lambs and bitter herbs are eaten, Jesus takes the flatbread, again giving thanks. Blessed are you, Lord, a God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Then he breaks it and gives a piece to each of them. At the Passover, the food had significance. This is the bread of affliction, which our ancestors ate when they came out from Egypt. Jesus gives the bread a radical new significance. 
this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. My body given for you must mean his coming violent death the next day, which is for them, for their benefit. This is my body given for you. And think about it. What can it mean that he gives them each a piece to drink, a piece to eat? What does that mean? It powerfully expresses the reality that they participate in that death. It really is for them. However little they understood at the time, it's a way each of them symbolically received the benefits of his death for them. It must have been very graphic and confronting. And they're to do this in remembrance of him. Like the original Passover, the instruction to commemorate are given before the actual event that is to be commemorated. That's the second item. The third is after the meal. I know the NIV has after the supper, but that's a northern hemisphere word to describe what we would call a meal or dinner. After the meal, another cup of wine is drunk. Jesus again gives thanks and hands it to them as he assigns it a radical new significance. This cup, he says, is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Again, the focus is on his coming death. But this time the emphasis is more on its effects, its benefits. My covenant, my blood of the new covenant echoes Moses' actions on Mount Sinai. He sealed the special relationship between God and his people Israel, his covenant, by splashing them with blood from animal sacrifice. Exodus 24, 8. Moses took the blood and dashed it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Jesus identifies the cup of wine he's handing to them with his blood shed in death as the blood of the new covenant. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. In calling it the new covenant, he echoes the words of God through the prophet Jeremiah, in chapter 31 of Jeremiah, when he promises, I will make a new covenant with the people. They shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. So Jesus says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Using these simple items in the Passover meal, Jesus is interpreting for them what will look like very grim events on the following day. Since that evening, the Christian movement has been repeating the heart of that special meal, the bread and the last of the cups, doing it in remembrance of him. In the early days, it looks as though they actually ate a real meal together with the thanksgiving for the bread and the words of Jesus, this is my body, at the beginning, the thanksgiving for the wine and the words of Jesus, this is my blood of new covenant, 
after the meal at the end. But for the most of the time since then, Christians have done what we're about to do tonight, just having the words over the bread and the wine together without the actual meal in between. So what does it mean for us to do this? About 20 or so years later than this evening, the Apostle Paul wrote about what he now calls the Lord's Dinner, or the Lord's Supper in our traditional rendering of the word. And I want him to be our guide to understand what it means. Two of his statements stand out. One is 1 Corinthians 11 verse 6. For whoever eats, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's exactly what Jesus was doing that evening during his last Passover with his disciples. Proclaiming, setting forth his death until you eat it again and drink again at the great Passover that finds its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Whenever you eat and drink, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Secondly, an earlier statement in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16. Paul wrote, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? The word sharing is the Greek word koinonia, meaning having in common, participating, fellowship, communion. It's where the term holy communion comes from. That meal, the cup of blessing which we bless, that bread which we break, is a participation, a sharing, in the body and blood of Christ, in his death for us. There are the two enduring aspects of that eating and drinking. One, proclaiming his death until he comes, and two, sharing in the Lord's death for us and its benefits. And that's what we're about to do now. The theme of our Easter celebrations here at Churchill Anglican is confronting hope. What is our hope? What is our only hope? My body given for you. The new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. That is our hope. But it is a hope which is confronting as well. Two ways, actually, tonight. When you're given the bread and when you're given the wine, that is confronting as well. It is the gospel made visible in your hands. You can feel it. In your mouth, you can, ta you can taste it. Confronting hope. And it's confronting even more so in what this meal signifies. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all.